welcome uh, those who are joining us uh, from home and uh, I welcome those who are joining us here uh, at our premises in Donholm. Welcome for our Sunday school class. Um, we have been studying the topic of temptation and uh, we come to an end. It doesn't mean it's an end for you to study this uh, doctrine, but uh, as far as it concerns uh, our Sunday school class, this will be the last one. So um, I'll just try and uh, uh, maybe cram a little bit of what we have done so far, and then we will get to look at today's lesson. But before we do that, let me ask that we begin with a word of prayer. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. We thank you for your word that is true. And uh, we pray that as we take time to look at what your word has to say on the topic of temptation, please, Lord, help us that we would understand it, that we would grasp it. Uh, help us that it would not just be head knowledge for us, but that it would be a life-transforming uh, truths where we can know uh, how to fight sin, how to flee from sin, and most of all, how to hide ourselves in you, looking at the many temptations around us. So please, please bless our time together, Lord, for we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. So we have been looking at temptation, and uh, we began by um, observing what I called the anatomy of temptation. And uh, we looked at what temptation is. Uh, we saw that this, the word temptation is the word perismos, which can mean two things. Uh, it depends on the context, right? The context will tell you what the word perismos means. We saw that it could either mean uh, trials or adversities or troubles sent by God that are sent to test and to prove our character. So, perismos could mean that trials, those hardships that come from God, okay? But then perismos can also mean something else, which is negative. So, the first use is positive, this, the second use is negative, which is to be enticed to unbelief or to act in a manner that compromises holiness or that goes against the word of God, the revealed will of God. Okay, so that's where we get the word temptation. So uh, trials are good. Okay, that's why we are told in James chapter 1 and verse 2, count it all joy when you enter into various trials. But then in the same James chapter 1, Verse 13 and 14, we are told what? That God does not tempt anyone. So, in, in verse 2, it's the word trial. In verses 13 and 14, it's the word temptation. So, that's the enticement, to be lured, where your desires are triggered to disobey God, to turn away from God. 
to uh, behave in a manner and in a way that contradicts the revealed will of God, or even, I would even say this, to go against your own conscience. Because the Bible says that that which is not done of faith is sin. So even when you go against your own conscience, when, when um, you know for you it is not good to eat meat, and you eat it because other people are eating meat, you are going against your conscience and you're putting yourself into a serious temptation. All right? Uh, then uh, we, we were not able to do this uh, um, because I was in Pokot and the person standing in for me was unwell, but I had desired that we look at it. Uh, secondly, the issue of sources of temptation. So how are we tempted? And I... I, I had hoped we looked at, uh, to look at the world and the devil, that temptation come from the world and the devil, right? The, the um, things of the world, the pleasures of this life, the pride of this world, right? And then there is the other source, which is our flesh. Our flesh causes us to uh, sin or tempts us to sin. And then we looked at the means of overcoming temptation. Um, who remembers some of the means we looked at last Sunday? It's just last Sunday, that's six days ago. What are some of the means of, of overcoming temptation that we looked at? Uh, what's what are some of those means? How do we overcome temptation? What did we see? Yes. Okay, we can prepare ourselves in advance, right? Uh, and that's the first way of starting. It's us preparing our own hearts before the temptation comes. Don't wait until you are tempted so that you can start applying some of the, these means that are given out in the scriptures. We ought to prepare ourselves. And how do we prepare ourselves? What is one of the ways we saw that we can prepare ourselves? It's through the, who remembers? Yes? The word of God in our hearts. And what else? What else? What else? Thank you for that. Prayer, right? Fellowship, right? So it is, we, we saw that firstly, it is by the means of grace. If, if you are not fellowshipping with the brethren, then you are setting up yourself to be tempted. Um, when you come to church and you are having, you are harboring a certain thought towards your wife that is sinful, a brother or a sister will hear you say something and they will know that there's, there's trouble in this man's heart, isn't it? Or if you have a problem in your workplace or you're struggling with covetousness, you won't keep it uh, hidden. It will slip out. You will either say something or you will do something that then someone in the fellowship will see and will be able to help you. So fellowship. 
when we come together, that's why it's important. I, I said this and I will say this again. That's why it's important that we gather together as God's people. Right? And I even encouraged us as much as possible, unless you are providentially hindered from coming for fellowship, please don't be content with live streaming. Don't be content with uh, just being by yourself. Be here with the brethren. It will really help you. Okay? And then we saw that there is another means, um, something that God has given to us. Who remembers? The what? The starts with an A. The yes, the armor of God, isn't it? Right. That in Ephesians chapter six we have. Um, that spiritual reality called the armor of God that we then put on, right? And it's not, the armor of God is not this um, thing that you literally wear in the spiritual realm, no? What that means when we look at all those pieces of the armor, the breastplate, the helmet, it means we are looking at all the realities that we have in Christ's salvation, his righteousness, um, the, the, the truth, uh, the sword of the spirit. When we pray, because we put on the armor as we pray, as we pray, we need to pray for ourselves. We need to uh, pray and ask God to remind us of the things he has granted us in Christ and for us to be faithful in them. And then we also saw the uh, flight and fight mode, okay? Um, but then let's uh, transition quickly to today's lesson, which is on the reward of overcoming temptation. So I'm going to ask one question. I just put the question and don't go further. Thank you. Um, there is the question. Are we to expect rewards and blessings when we overcome temptation, what do you think? Are we to expect rewards and blessings? Is it something that is there? What do you think? Anyone brave enough to try? There is no wrong answer. The camera is facing me. The people at home will not see you. Eh? So, <laughs> uh, yes, there is uh, someone here who wants to attempt. You don't want to attempt. Okay. 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 You shouldn't expect. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So, no there. Thank you. Thank you for that. What do you think? Someone has given their view. We are here to learn, so don't worry. If you give a wrong answer, uh, and I said again, no one is seeing your face. At least I'm, I'm sure the media team will make sure no one sees your face. Eh? Uh huh. Okay, so one person has attempted no. Okay, um, but. Yes, okay, someone else is saying yes at the corner. Uh, let me see, how many yeses? 
how many knows? The eyes have it, eh? <laughs> eh? Oh, there is another hand back there, eh? Okay. Oh, oh kuna both, eh? Ah, yapana. You guys of 50-50, uh, eh? <laughs> Choose one, okay? I would, I would say, uh, you can just put that. I would say yes. And this is the reason why I would say yes. I would say yes um, on this basis. That because of all obedience to God will lead to blessings. All obedience to God leads to blessings. And here is, I think, why many of you are saying no. And that's why my yes will help you. Many of these blessings may not be noticeable, which is very true. And I think that's why you're saying no. It's, it's, it's not that you're saying we can't be blessed. It's that they're not as um, tangible as sometimes people assume. It doesn't mean because you have overcome a temptation that God will bless you with your house will sudden, suddenly increase. It could be the opposite. You could actually, because of obeying God, you could actually be kicked out of your house, isn't it? Because you are being tempted to do something that is against God's law so that you are able to pay for that house. But in you rejecting the temptation and saying, no, I will not take that bribe, you are kicked out of your house. But I will say that there is still a blessing even though you are kicked out of a house. There is still a blessing even though you lose that job because you refused to go out with the boss so that you may get that promotion or so that you may keep that job. Because you refuse to cheat on your exams, you fail and everyone else passes and they become quote-unquote successful and you are the laughing stock because you did not cheat. You chose to simply work hard, right? and do all you could, that there is still a blessing. There is still a blessing when you choose to be faithful to your spouse, your husband, to your wife, and to love them. When you are tempted not to, when everything inside you tempted to say, I will not love this person. I will not submit to this person. All right? So many of those blessings are not noticeable, and maybe I should have underlined, maybe in your own notes, underline that word. Many of these blessings are not noticeable. You will not suddenly have a halo up, uh, up on your head because you overcame a temptation. Right? It's not noticeable. But they are good and they are true. Simply because they are not noticeable, it doesn't mean that it is not true and it is not good. And I would like us to look at um, ge the general blessing. So the next, is, it, is the clicker working? Okay. So I would like us to look at two blessings. So they are the general blessings of obedience. And we will look at uh, Psalms. So the next, just a little bit more apple. Thank you. So there are the general blessings of obedience laid out in the Bible. Right? We see that the Bible lays out for us 
the reality that we are blessed simply because we obeyed. Now, it is true, it is very true that even though that yes, our obedience comes because of Christ. Our obedience comes because of the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. But yet, even though God is the one who is working in us to will and to do his good will, guess what? God still blesses us. And that's an amazing thing about God. That even though he is the one who has given us obedience, we do not have obedience in our own hearts. It is God who grants us obedience, who renews our heart. But guess what? He is such a loving and a merciful Father that He still blesses us when we obey. So the Bible does show that we are blessed by God as we obey Him. Again, some of these blessings are not noticeable, but they are, none, they, are, they are there nonetheless. As we obey God, we gain some benefits. And I've tried to put there, for example, relational benefit. If, if I am faithful to my wife, there are benefits of our relationship growing, isn't it? True, isn't it? If I, um, if I say no to sin, even those secret sins, let's put them that way, the sins that no one can see, there are those public sins where you are engaged in the sin with someone else or you sin against someone else, but there are those hard sins like pride, like covetousness, those things that no one can see. You can see pastor standing in front of you here, but I could be harboring, harboring covetousness, isn't it? Can you see covetousness in my face? You will not notice it. Can you see pride in my heart? You can't notice it. But if I fight against covetousness in my heart and I'm dealing with pride, and I'm constantly submitting myself to the Holy Spirit and I'm running to the cross of Christ, it will help me in my relationship with you. Because if I am a proud pastor, will my relationship with you be okay? It won't be okay. Because guess what? I'll be looking down on you. I'll even be saying things that you'll be saying, I, I mean, did pastor really have to say it that way? Did he have to say how better he is than me? So there are relational benefits when we overcome temptation, when we fight temptation. There are others as well, and I've put there. So there are relational benefits, number one. Then there is joy and inner peace. And we will look at Psalm chapter 1 to just see this. That when you fall into temptation and you accept or you allow yourself to be under the subjection of sin, can you, your heart truly be in peace? 
You're not at peace, isn't it? And deep down in your own heart, you know it. And you can be smiling on the outward. And you could be looking okay outwardly. But deep down, you know that there is someone who is bothering you. This person called your conscience, isn't it? And you know, if I say if there is a good pastor of your heart, it's your conscience. You know, I, as your pastor, there are things I can't see in your heart. But guess what? Your conscience is that pastor who is there with you. I'm using the word pastor uh, loosely here. He's there with you. And he shows you, hey, what did you just do? What did you just say? Why did you do that? Why are you harboring this thought? And no matter how much you fight your conscience, you can never win against your conscience, isn't it? Right? If, 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 if uh, your wife is keeping you accountable, you can run away from her. You can just say, no, no, no. I'm going to the other room. Right? If your parent is bothering you about a certain scene in your life, you can run away. You can even decide, you know what? I'll move from home. But you can never run away from your own conscience. Ever there with you. And your conscience will not give you peace, isn't it? Will not give you peace if you're in sin. But when you obey, when you say no to temptation, oh, how there is joy, how there is peace in your own heart. I was talking to uh, Brother Miller, John Miller, uh, on this, and uh, he he, he, we were looking at, you know, some of the blessings of overcoming temptation, and he, he reminded me of the reality that many of the mental issues that people struggle with are because they do not have inner peace. It's because they, their consciences are giving them trouble. For example, Look at the problem with addiction and the use of drugs. People take drugs so that they may suppress their own consciences, isn't it? You did something that your conscience is constantly troubling you with, and so you decide, I will drink until my conscience is silent. I will smoke this thing until my conscience is confused. And maybe you don't even have to go that extent of uh, maybe using substances to calm down your conscience. But, you know, most, many of our troubles, not all of them, but many of our troubles, including mental issues, are because our conscience is not giving us peace with regards to sin. Look at Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 and 4. Uh, Brother Paul Gashungi will be preaching from Psalm chapter 1 so in the evening service, so I'd uh, ask us to please be there so that we may learn more from this, but uh, this is what the Bible says. Blessed is the man, look at this, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Look at that. It's a wonderful, I, I look at that verse and I see a wonderful uh, 
depiction of temptation. Because it begins with walking and then going into the way and then sitting down. So this is the picture. You see sinners walking towards something and you begin walking with them. And then you join them in their path. And then ultimately you get where they are going and you sit down together. Isn't that how temptation works? Right? That you, you see something. Wow, you know, if I only take a bribe, oh, it'll be, I could have a house like so-and-so. And I could have a car like so-and-so. And then slowly you start walking. And then slowly you take their path. It becomes a normal thing in your life. And guess what? You get to the destination and you sit down with them. But the Bible says, blessed is the man who sees that but turns away from it. What does he do? But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. And its leaves does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so but like chaff that the wind, they are like chaff that the wind drives away. So there it is. There is blessing. We should expect blessing when we stay away from the counsel of the wicked. There is a blessing. Again, it's not a tangible blessing. It's not something that we can hold on to. There are times it could be. But many times, it's not something that we can hold on to. But it is nonetheless a blessing. You remember, for example, with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when he was tempted. Those three times. Jesus, just turn this rock into bread. To satisfy your physical needs. And many temptations are about that. Satisfy your physical needs. Just, just eat. Just take. Just enjoy. Just have this one moment. No one is seeing. Anyway, you are by, you're in your room by yourself. No one is seeing. Pastor is not seeing. Oh. The Lord is seeing. And Christ says, no. Man shall not live by bread alone. And again, oh. Jesus, you know what? If you bow down and you worship me, no, that's the third one. If, if um, the, the second one was Christ, um, so that I don't mix them up. The first one was on the bread. The second one was um, on Christ being taken to the pinnacle of the temple. And the third one was, um, tell me if I'm right on them. Eh? And the third one is on Christ worshipping the, the devil, isn't it? Is the other? Good, you can, uh -huh. I've put two on three. Okay, either way, let's just look at them. Eh? And here's the devil, you know, worship me. No one is seeing, just bow. 
All you need to do is just bow this one. You don't even need to do it in Kasarani Stadium. It's just the two of us. No one needs to know this arrangement. You shall worship the Lord your God alone. Oh, Jesus, come and just jump from the pinnacle of the temple. And as you jump, guess what? The Bible says that the angels will hold you up. And you know what was the biggest temptation with this one? Eh? The devil was actually telling Christ, you don't need to go to the cross. All you need to do is just have a show in the temple. If you jump from the pinnacle of the temple, and the angels are holding you, and everyone, because the temple was like the main point of the city of Jerusalem. Imagine if everyone just sees you, hovering with angels holding you. I mean, everyone will worship you. But Christ knew that it was appointed for him. The only way that he would draw all men to him is how? What, does, what did he say? I will draw all men to myself when I am. What did he say? When I am? When I am lifted up, isn't it? Right? He was talking about the cross. I will not draw all men to myself by hovering, you know, like Superman over the, the temple. And the devil is always trying to give you shortcuts, shortcuts, shortcuts. But how blessed it is when we decide, you know what, we will go the hard way, the way of the Lord. There is that blessing. The Bible says that this man, he will prosper. He will be like a tree planted by the rivers that yields its, um, its fruits in its season and its leaves do not wither. This is the blessed reality of those who overcome. And again, they overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not by their own strength. So we gain joy. We gain peace. We gain relational benefits. Uh, any questions or interactions on that before we look at the second one? Anyone um, on this? All right, so what we are saying is that, or not we, what the Bible shows is that they are blessed. Are there other passages in the Bible that, that do show that obedience has its blessings? Any other passage coming to your mind? Um. Anyone with a passage? Yes, someone has found. So, um, okay, since he's not spoken, let me hear the passage is found. Is, is it okay? And then I'll come to you. Let me just start with him. Yes. Okay, you can just read it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Blessed is a man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Okay, good. Yeah, so that uh, re relational reality coming again, you know, it's, it flows into your children. Um, on, on this, you know, um, if you read the story of uh, 
Jonathan Edwards, if, if I'm not wrong, Jonathan Edwards. If you look at the lineage, his lineage, um, I think of the 10 or I think 12 children he had, most of them were believers. And then we are told that out of him came, I think, like two vice presidents. From his lineage came a number of Supreme Court judges in the U.S. Uh, from him came a number of congressmen. That's, that's a blessing, isn't it? Because their great-grandfather was a man who was godly. You know, from him came so many pastors. There is a blessing that comes with that, that it does transfer to your children, not necessarily all your children, not necessarily everyone in your lineage, but there is that blessing that comes from uh, living a life that honors God. Thank you. Yes, uh, you had another passage. Yes, there are so many hands up. Yes. Just read it. Yes. Proverbs 3, 5. Sorry? Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And the blessing is, and he shall direct your paths. Okay. You get direction uh, from the Lord, isn't it? As you obey. Uh -huh. Yes, there is a hand just there. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Mm -hmm. uh, a blessing for the people of Israel. If you obey, if you're willing, you will eat the blessing of the land. Right? Aha. Uh -huh. Anyone else? You have a verse, eh? You can, you can paraphrase it, yes. <laughs> The context. Okay, yes. <laughs> yes, okay. She doesn't want to be mic'd. Huh? Mm. Mm. Yeah, in the Old Testament especially. Yes. Mm. Yeah, okay. Like, for example, with that one from Isaiah, does it, the, the, uh, so if someone doesn't have land, does that blessing work for them? I would say it works for them, but not in the physical sense, right? It's not in the material sense. But we do see that there is that fullness. I think what he's talking about, there is that fullness and that blessedness um, that comes from obedience so that you can be living in a slum and you don't own anything in this world, but you will still gain blessing. You will still enjoy the, 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 the fullness of God's blessing, right? You will have joy. You will have peace. I mean, what better fruits are there than that? Uh, I mean, God is not simply interested in us eating mangoes and apples. He's more interested in our own hearts, okay? When the Bible, for example, says that you are wine, is it the wine vats? Is that, is that the right word? When the Bible says that your wine will increase, is it talking about 
now us having a gallon of wine in somewhere hidden in our kitchen <laughs> in the morning you have some uh, five glasses of wine and bread is that what he's really talking about no 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 he's talking about that joy because wine in those days was associated with joy isn't it that that peace of heart okay so that's how we can apply it it doesn't mean literal and we need to be very careful it's uh, especially when it comes to the old covenant that we don't say now god i overcame this temptation this person was about to bribe me i said no so where is my where is my house in runda it doesn't work like that okay it could even mean that you are, you lose your house in runda and you have peace and that is more blessed okay yes james at the back oh and uh, arnold the the blessing which i see in second peter chapter 1 verse 10 okay is the blessing of knowing that we are the elect that we are called by when we do the commands of god on mm. when so therefore therefore brothers be all the more diligent to confirm to confirm your calling and election for if you practice these qualities you will never fall so there is that for if you practice these qualities mm -hmm. you will never fall but the the thing is when you diligently um live a christian life that that means you will overcome temptations yeah and one of the things that you you realize when you overcome temptation in the christian life is that your election like uh, you conform your your election no. the same way when you fall mm -hmm. into many temptations you lose the assurance of salvation true uh when you are in sin mm -hmm. when you overcome you overcome by sin mm -hmm. when you fail into sin yeah there is that uh you lose assurance mm -hmm. but when you overcome temptation the assurance of salvation in your life uh it's livened thank you thank you james so let me just say this on the passages mentioned it's so true right that what peter says is that for those who are in christ for those who have been elected to salvation that the god's election does not change you're still a believer but then when you sin your assurance of salvation is compromised your salvation is not compromised your assurance of salvation is compromised isn't it because now you start you even start doubting yourself i mean how can i be a christian how can i really be born again and i'm doing this over and over again right but when we live a life that is godly when we are fighting sin we are fighting temptation there is that peace and assurance as peter says uh, that grows in us thank you thank you very much for that jim uh, so arnold and then mike mike will be the last one then we transition to the uh, next one um mine was not a bible verse that talks about 
okay. uh, the so, blessings uh-huh. uh, i'm saying mine was not um okay a suggestion from a bible verse that talks about the blessings of obedience mm-hmm. um rather it's more of uh, i would say a question or a comment in yeah. looking at the old testament um understanding of true blessedness mm-hmm. which you have mentioned is spiritual yeah and i was just thinking on uh, instances like asaph in some 73 and even job in um job 21 where he says um about the wicked that they spend their days in prosperity mm. and in peace they go down to sheol yeah. they say to god depart from us we do not desire the knowledge of your ways um uh what is the almighty that we should serve him and what profit do we get if we pray to him mm. behold is not their prosperity in their hand the counsel of the wicked is far from me so i i was just thinking on um could we say that especially looking at the old testament can somebody say that when it seems that the wicked are, ble- are blessed in worldly standards then that may be a form of judgment is it correct to say that yes yes um if you read some 73 uh there you have uh asaph looking at the wicked and how they are prospering right they they look like they have it together they look like they're increasing you know they 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 are uh healthy we can say in today's language they have the best insurance policy health insurance policy and it's true today isn't it that the wicked have all those they have the biggest cars they have the biggest houses they have servants and they have got to a place where he's almost stressed but he says oh when i saw their what their end i realized this is not a blessing this is actually a judgment but then esof not only ends there he says he realizes that there is a blessing he has and which is that blessing in psalm 73 verse 25 um me just see um 73 and verse 25 and uh, let me just read from verse 23 nevertheless i am continually with you and you hold my right hand I me mean, that's a blessing it's not physical esaph is not saying ah and i will also get my acre of land he's saying this is the blessing i have nevertheless you are with me continually you ro- hold my right hand you guide me in your counsel and afterward you will receive me to glory look at what he says whom have i in heaven but you and there is nothing on earth that i desire besides you by the way that's a huge blessing to be at a place where you can say like esa that way and i pray you know this is one of the things i pray for myself and i pray that you pray also for yourself that we get to a point where we can say like him genuinely and truly lord there is nothing on earth i desire more than you there is nothing compared to you oh lord hi i'd rather lose my job and have you i'd rather lose that relationship and have you right and look at what he says my flesh and my heart may fail but god is the strength of my heart and my portion in other words i may die i may get sick i don't have a health insurance policy like the rich 
I don't eat as healthy as the rich because I can't afford good food. I'm always in danger because I don't have security. But oh, even when my heart and my flesh fail, even when this body dies, you will receive me in glory. I mean, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. It's not tangible. But that peace that you have that even if thieves break into my house and they kill me or they maim me, the fact that I have the Lord on my side, far more blessed is that than to live in a palace where I'm surrounded by an army. It's a bigger blessing to have God surround you. Okay, Mike, and then I will will transition to the next blessing. Yes, Mike. Uh, actually, it wasn't uh, another comment. It was just an addition to what yes. Moirigi was saying. Mm -hmm. Because uh, even as we were saying about uh, assurance, that we are being assured, mm -hmm. just immediately after the verse that he read in, in verse 11, it says, let me just read the whole of it, 10 and 11. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. that, that just shows the blessing that we also will get. That's right. Yeah. The, the fullness of God's blessings. Uh, it takes me to also James chapter 1. I've quoted James so much. Uh, James chapter 1 and verses 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when, and look at this, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. All right? So, there is that blessedness when we overcome. So um, don't think that overcoming temptation does not have its blessing. It does have its blessing. Again, not tangible. It's not something that you can put in the bank account. It's not something that you can put in your pocket. But it is far better. It is far, far better. Okay? So then... There are general blessings, and there are many verses that talk about that. But then quickly, let's look at another one. Um, what I call strengthening the chain of spiritual maturity. Um, if you look at Romans chapter 5, just turn to your Bibles in Romans chapter 5. Right, so Paul, Paul is talking about salvation uh, from <clears throat> chapter 1 all the way, and he will continue talking about salvation even in chapter 5. But he touches on sanctification in chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. He touches on the reality that um, Christ not only saves us, Christ also sanctifies us, okay? Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, talking about salvation, isn't it? Justification by faith, 
we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Alright? Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So again, salvation. But then, verse 3 and 4, he talks about sanctification. So sanctification is that reality where we grow in saying no to sin, right? Dealing with sin in us and dealing in sin that comes from within, that is, and without. Not only that, so we not only receive salvation so that uh, you, you don't think that Christ's work is only about him giving you a fire insurance policy, right? It's not just keeping you from hell, but he is helping you here. Salvation is not just um, a thing we look forward to. It is a thing that has been done and continues to be done. That's why you see in the Bible, there's this language. You are saved, you are being saved, and you will be saved. You'll notice the Bible talks about that. Yes, you have been saved. It's definite. It's complete. It's finished. Because Christ died on the cross and he said it is finished, isn't it? But then you are being saved. You are being sanctified. You are being saved because you are constantly, daily being made to die to your sin. And then you will be saved when we enter into glory. So not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering. So being saved, the sanctification here, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So in Romans chapter 5, uh, verses 3 and 4, we see what I like to call the chain of spiritual maturity. Um, as we mature in the faith, we mature in these things. And notice how it's a chain. They are all connected. They are connected. They are put, in, put out in such a way that one strengthens the other, and then the other strengthens the other one, and then the other one strengthens the other one. So as we suffer, as we choose, so when we choose suffering, instead of succumbing to temptation, we have the outflow of blessing, which is our spiritual maturity. When you say no to sin, there is suffering that comes, in one way or another, isn't it? There is loss that comes when you say no to sin. could be a physical thing, right? It could be uh, a mental, emotional thing. And we suffer. You know, when, when you are tempted to get, for example, into a relationship with an unbeliever and you realize that this is so wrong, and you end that relationship. 
because the Bible says you will not be, you will uh, not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. When that happens, there is suffering, isn't it? Let's be honest. There is pain. When you say, you know what? I really need this job, but I will not bribe to get it. I will not go out to the boss so that I may get a promotion. There is suffering. I mean, you do feel the pain, the fact that you've not been promoted. Everyone else seems to be getting a pay rise and they are moving up the um, ladder in their careers. And there you are. Because you did not play the game everyone plays. There is suffering. It is painful. You suffer. You know, you're not able to pay the rent as you would want or school fees as you would want. But by that suffering, this is what uh, John, um, sorry, Paul is saying. That that suffering produces endurance. So just put them. I've tried to put them in a nice way. Click, click the next one. Eh? Oh, good. So we choose suffering over temptation. And then next, next, sasa. So we choose suffering over the joys, quote unquote, joys of temptation. We have pain. But then Paul says that suffering produces endurance or patience. And that's a benefit. That's a blessing of overcoming temptation. That in overcoming temptation, uh, we mature in our endurance or in our patience. We grow our muscles in restraining the desires of the flesh and controlling our responses to uh, that hardship and that trial. And as we grow in patience, as we just say, you know what, Lord, I will endure this. I know it could be five more years before I find another lady to marry, but Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll endure. And you grow. Your muscles grow. Oh, Lord, I know it may be another ten more years before I get a job of opening like this, but you endure. You grow stronger. Again, you might not notice it. Just like those who go to the gym. Uh, those who go to the gym or those who run, you, will, you don't notice your muscles increasing. Those who go to the gym, do you? Do you? Okay, no one goes to the gym. But you get the illustration. Eh? <laughs> hmm? You don't feel your muscles growing stronger. You don't see them growing stronger, but guess what? Within time, it begins to grow. Your patience grows. You, you become more uh, hardened against such things. And I believe what also happens is that you also grow in thanksgiving. The more you grow in patience, the more you grow in thanksgiving, the more you cast out murmuring and discontentment at the same time. All right? And then it doesn't end there. It doesn't say that you simply grow in your patience. But the Bible here says, knowing, yes, that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character. Now, I looked up the Bible and I 
I realize that the word character here is the word experience. That's the actual Greek word. Um, that appears to be the best interpretation for that word. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm also thinking that the reason they put character is because character and experience are uh, closely tied together, right? That the more you experience, the more your character grows, okay? So, but nonetheless, I just found it to be interesting that the best word is that word experience. And it is true, isn't it, that as we overcome te temptation, we do increase in our experience. You grow more mature. You... I remember Molly Mukith when he was seated there, and he was saying, you know, there are things right now that you cannot tempt him on. And I, I don't think he was saying this in pride. He was simply saying, the way I've matured, the way I've grown, I've tasted and I've seen the goodness of the Lord. There are some things that the Lord has just helped me because of experience. I, I won't fall for such things. I've gotten to a place where God has so strengthened me. I have gone, I have seen this temptation. I have gone through uh, the hardship of being denied this thing that I have a stock of experience. So the more we overcome, the more I wonder, uh, we grow in our experience and understanding God's protecting and preserving grace. And also the more our experience increases, the more we know how to avoid temptation. The more you experienced and you overcome, or rather the more you overcome and you become experienced, the more you're able to guard and protect yourself. You can probably see that temptation coming a mile off, isn't it? There are some things, there are some temptations, you even see them coming. You're just like, mm, I know where this is heading. Right? I, I don't even, I will not even wait to get where it's going. You just see the way this person is talking and you, you just know, ah, ah, I know where he's heading. I know where she's heading. You're so experienced, you can smell temptation a mile away. You just watch something and you, you look at that uh, movie and you're like, mm -mm, uh -uh, I know where this thing is heading. Just switch off, switch off the whole thing. I'll not, I know where it's heading. Your experience has grown, what has happened? You know, you, you, can, you can sense, for the lack of a better word, you can sense this thing. But then you not only increase in your experience, as your experience grows, you also mature in your hope. And what does it mean? And endurance produces character, and pro character produces hope. So, as we dis continue to discover what we can bear and do through the grace of God, this promotes courage for future efforts, and, uh, and a steady hope of final victory. So the more we overcome, the more the Lord strengthens us. We have courage for future efforts. You are courageous, you are strong, you, 
you have this hope that if the Lord helped me at that time, have you ever gotten to that place where you just say, you know, the Lord helped me through that, surely. What is this? It's not pride, it's you. You have so much experienced things with God. You have seen the Lord rescue you and help you and strengthen you such that you have hope for the future. Yes, things are getting harder, but oh, the Lord has helped me. He's kept me. I'm sure he will keep me. He has not failed me. It pr promotes courage and we not only have courage for now and for our, our future here on earth, but also for final victory, as he says here. And hope does not put to shame because of God's love. We have seen the love of the Father. We have seen the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, working in us, keeping us. And as our confidence grows to overcome temptation here, our confidence that he will take us through to our eternal home, it grows. So that's my, um, that's just what I chose to bring out. There are many other things, there are many other ways uh, we could learn. Uh, I wish I had uh, more classes, but we'll have to end it there. I'll leave it to you to do your own further study on the temptation. So any question, any interaction? Yes, uh, there's a, quest a question or a comment. If, you, if there is a question or a comment, please, uh, we can just take around five minutes, maybe we do that. Yes. I, I think you can use the example of Joseph to show how how it fits here, because uh, we see Joseph overcoming temptation yes. in the house of Pontifar. Mm -hmm. But what we we forget is that uh, when he was sold as a prisoner, as a slave by his own brothers, he must have overcome the the temptation of being bitter mm -hmm. against his brothers. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, he would not have been able to overcome this other temptation yeah and then the the even waiting in prison mm. when when he was thrown into prison and he interpreted a dream mm -hmm. and and the 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 the, the, the was it the butler or the baker mm. the, when the butler was released before he was released he told him to remember him to mention his name to Pharaoh but he forgot, so he had to wait. But as you, as you read the passage, in prison the Lord was with him. He made him prosper, just like he had made him prosper in the house of Pontifar. Yeah. And, and, and patiently, because when he was taken to prison, I think he was, uh, I mean, when he was old, he was a young boy of 17 years. But by the time he was promoted to be the, the prime minister, he was... Uh, uh, Thirty years, mm. so it was a long time. But he never lost hope. He grew. Mm. The Lord was preparing him even for for a bigger responsibility. That's right. Uh, through that, uh, all the experience that he went through wh while he was in prison. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and and of course the, the 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 reward of being given that responsibility, being able to even save his own. His own people from from farming, the Lord used him. 
Mm, amen. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Yes, we do see that aspect of patience uh, from Joseph. He's, he grows in that and he, he, he grows in his hope of God. And that's why he's even able to tell his brothers, you know, God did this. God allowed this, my suffering, for your own good. That's a hopeful man. That's not a despondent man, right? Yeah, so thank you. Thank you so much. Anyone else with a question or a comment before we wrap it up? Yes, James at the back. Do we have any questions online? Good. Yeah, from First Corinthians chapter 10, 13, uh, we have this encouragement that uh, God... Uh, will make a way for us to escape uh, from the temptations uh, if we trust in him, if we will not go to our own devices, and if we rely on the means that he has given us, and that every temptation that comes our way, mm. it's a, of human experience that it's not beyond, it's not designed for angels, it is designed for men. Mm. And and what a, another encouragement, knowing that we have a great high priest who is able to sympathize with us yeah. even at the moment of giving out, giving in to those temptations. And he sympathizes with us and he prays with us. So that is the encouragement that we we get. Thank you. Hey, there's, oh, there's uh, someone here. That would be the last one unless you, it's a really burning question, eh? Mm -hmm. Right, uh, just a comment, uh, just on what my brother has just said. My mine was on the just the verse before what is quoted. You know, it says, uh, "If you think you're standing firm, be careful that you do not fall." Okay. So I'll just how how do I balance that with also the fact that uh, this far the Lord has brought me, mm. I know I can overcome. Yes, because no sin tends to be like a virus. Mm -hmm. So you have some immunity. Then it mutates, yeah. then hits you, you know. Mm -hmm. So how, how do you balance that uh, confidence and assurance, but at the same time being very careful and wary because, you know, we, we can fall, we are susceptible, and we see this pattern again and again in the Bible. That's right. Your, your name is? Uh, Lawrence. Lawrence. Yes, yes. I thank you, Lawrence, for the question. I think it's a very important question. So, um, you know, one from what the, the warning that Paul gives, if you're confident, and especially confident in yourself, you're setting yourself up for a fall, right? But I would look at it in this way. If we are confident in ourselves, we are setting ourselves up for a failure. But if we are confident in the Lord, right? So the, it depends, so the confidence depends on where the confidence lies that if you are a person who says you know in my experience i have seen the lord come through i have seen him preserve me it's not that i had this technique because sometimes by the way we you can trust in a technique and a technique can work but never trust in a technique to deal with sin right if for example you have a technique that worked for you you know you you, you are struggling with uh, uh, a certain sin, let's say like 
uh, pornography and you you had a technique, you had uh, an app that uh, was able to protect you and all that, don't trust in that app because your heart is, I would even say, it's not even the temptation that mutes, it's our hearts that keep on looking for loopholes. You know, your heart asks, keeps thinking, hmm, okay, we put this up. Okay, let's see how we can go around it, right? So ultimately, our hope and our confidence has to be in the Lord that, oh, thank you, Lord, that you helped me there, right? Uh, and as we grow in our confidence in the Lord, we trust him that he will help us again and he will keep us again. So thank you for that. It's not, um, it should never be uh, confidence in ourselves. It should be, we have experienced, we have seen the Lord's goodness in preserving us. And therefore, Lord, I still trust you. Things are getting bad. Uh, my heart is ever looking for other, not even that particular sin, another sin. But, oh, Lord, I trust in you so much that you will keep me, right? The, the, it reminds me of the words of Jude, you know, that Christ is able to keep you, right? And to bring you before his presence as holy, isn't it? That's a wonderful ending. He, he doesn't say, you guys, you guys have so much studied the word of God, I trust in you. No, he says, the Lord who saved you. He is able to keep you and watch over you and present you before himself holy and blameless. So thank you. Thank you for that. Um, all right. Uh, can, can we pray then? All right, let's pray. Uh, we come to you, our Heavenly Father. We thank you for your word that has revealed to us how we ought to desire and yearn for the blessings of obedience. We pray, O oh Lord, that even though these blessings may not be tangible, we cannot see them, we cannot taste them, we can't uh, put them in our pockets. But yet, O oh Lord, they are real, that to just have peace with you, is a great blessing to enjoy the fullness of assurance in you is such a blessing to have our conscience to be at peace and not to bother us oh what a blessed reality it is oh lord we pray and we ask you that you would help us to find our hope and our strength in you, that we may never look to ourselves as the source of overcoming sin, that we may not even trust on a methodology or on uh, something that even worked. But, oh Lord, our hope and our trust will always be in you. Oh Lord, give us that confidence and that peace in you. Help us to overcome temptation, to kill sin. And even where we do fall, please help us to run to the cross to find help, forgiveness, and strength. So be with us as we will transition in a few minutes' time to the morning service.
Bless our time together, for we pray and ask all this in Christ's name. Amen.